Welcome to Real Testaments. The message is shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like to welcome you to this year's season of the prodigal and his money. Welcome. Um, the series itself is inspired by the story in Luke chapter 25. The story of the prodigal son. Luke chapter 25 from verse 11 to the end of the chapter. Jesus gave a story of the man that we have come to know as the prodigal son. And what was the story? The man was born in a wealthy family, or his father was wealthy, had a lot of resources. He was a heather, he had cattle, he had a lot of things. And so this man, being the younger of two sons, came to his father and said to his father, Father, I want you to give me the portion of your goods that pertain to me. As a child, he knew that he had an inheritance to get from the father. And he said to the father, I am not willing to wait for you to die and write a will. Whatever you think I am going to get when you are dead and gone, let me get it now. And for funny reason, the father didn't challenge him. The father didn't argue with him. The father simply called a meeting and counted all that he owns and shared it between him and his other brother. And the Bible says in that story that immediately the younger brother got his portion of what the father had given to him. He took everything and took a journey into a very far distance. And within a period of time, he squandered all that he had. So he started as a big boy. He started as a wealthy man. He started with a lot of resources. He started with a lot of money. But the story went further to say after a while, he had exhausted everything. He became so poor that he could not even afford to eat. But one day, it came to his mind that where he was coming from, the people who worked for his father were not this deprived. And so he came up to himself and said, I would go back home. Now I'm not going back home. I'm going to be a son. I'm going back home to just walk and earn a living. At least I know the life I am living now is less than the life of the servants in my father's company. So he went and asked his father for forgiveness and said, let me just be a servant so that I can at least eat a decent meal. And so we saw from that story that the presence of resources or the absence of it does not necessarily dictate how wealthy or not a man can be. And that's what had inspired this series of the prodigal and his money. How do you handle money? How do you handle opportunities? You know, everybody wants to make money. In the world, we live in a capitalist system. The whole world economy is capitalist-oriented. And so everybody chasing money. You know, and in this part of the world, we have chased the money to the point where we have lost the things that are supposed to be more important than money. And yet, not everybody has the money. 
This series will help you in the name of Jesus to find out who you really are and the things that God has made available for you. And so I start this year's series borrowing my topic for today from a book written by Napoleon Hill titled Think and Grow Rich. And that is the topic of today's teaching. What did I say the topic is? Yes, Napoleon Hill was not a Christian. He was not the regular religious person. But this guy wrote a book. There are two things that stood him out in his time. The first book he wrote, The Laws of Success. And then he wrote this other second book called um, Think and Grow Rich, where he x-rayed 13 Steps to Riches. And he did that by studying and interacting and interviewing 500 wealthy people. People who came from rags to riches. People who walked the steps. Who at one point had nothing. And then eventually became very successful in their endeavor. And this man took out time to study them, interview them, ask them questions, how they made it. And then documented all of the things that they have done into the book he called Think and Grow Rich. And it was based on 13 Steps to Riches. While you would not take it as a Christian book, but you would find out that the principles that he shares and talks about in that book, and I'm suggesting that you take our time to read it. It's not very interesting to read anyway, but it will help you. You know, you would find out that the things that he talked about, for instance, the first principle that he talked about there was desire. And you can come into the word of God and see that the things that he taught in that book have scriptural backing. He talked about desire. And when you read, you will see him called God. But he delved into it, he called it infinite intelligence. He talked about desire, he talked about faith, he talked about decision, he talked about action. So many things that he talked about that you can find in the word of God. And so today I borrowed the topic for today's teaching on that book's title, which is Think and Grow Rich. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7. Hallelujah. He says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Napoleon Hill in that book was able to show the correlation many times between the thought pattern of people who are wealthy and successful. They were setting predominant way that they thought. And you will not be able to escape if you are not able to understand that thoughts are powerful. To be frank with you, the most influential thing in your life today is the way you think. What sets each and every one of us apart is the way we think. Not necessarily how we look. Because at times you can have people who look alike. 
but the result of their lives would differ. So the thinking pattern is the foundation. It is the pivot upon which everything rises and stands on. How you think. To be frank with you, the biggest miracle God will do in your life is to change how you think. Is to help you change how you think. Because your mindset towards money and wealth influences whether it would come. You know, there are some thinking patterns that drive money away from you. There are some thinking patterns that attract resources. There are some that drive it away. He said, as he thinketh in his heart. You see, when your mindset is wrong, even God cannot help you. That's why he exposes you to teachings like this, to change your mindset. Because it's important. He said, as he thinketh in his heart. So is he. In Mark chapter 9 verse 23, we see another story. Jesus had an encounter with a man who brought his sick son. I mean, the man's son had been so sick, he had suffered a lot of things. And he came to Jesus. I said, Jesus, this is my son. I love him so much. He's been un- un- under a lot of things. Please, if there is any way you can help, please help us. And Jesus made a comment. He said, he said unto him, if thou can what? Believe. All things are possible to him that believes. If thou can only believe. And belief starts in the mind. It starts with the thoughts. Only believe. What you are thinking about, what do you really believe? That thing that you believe is the reason for the results that you receive. And when you talk about wealth and money, what you believe is very, very important. And so I came to say to you today that there are principles in creating wealth. And you know the thing about principles? They are the foundation that controls the earth. Everything God does, everything we see today is based on a principle. In science, they call it laws. And you know how laws come about. First and foremost, you make an observation. Then from the observation, you draw an inference. And then you come up with, if you are a scientist like me, you come up with what we call a hypothesis. You are just like, it appears that when this happens, this happens. Oh, okay. Then you put it more into a test and then you test it in different environments and then you see that it stands true then it moves from hypothesis to what theory and you document it and then when you take that theory from one part of the world to another under different circumstances and the result is the same then you call it what a law For instance, the basic law of nature that we know says whatever goes up must what? Whether you are rich or poor, whether you are fat or slim, whether you are in America or in London or in in Oshogbo, wherever you are, whether people like you or not, if you jump up, you will do what? Certainly 
come down because it is what a principle that is how also there are principles for creating wealth and sustaining it and so when you know a principle and you obey the principle then you get the result of the principle there was a time in this world that people laughed at a man who came with the idea. The Lander brothers, two of them, came up with the ideas to say, we can actually have a machine in the air that can transport people. And they laughed him and laughed at them to scorn. But guess what? One day, they succeeded. How did they succeed? Because they understood that, yes, there is a law of nature that whatever goes up must come down. But then they came into another law that says that if you can run at a particular speed, you can beat the law of gravity. And they call that one the law of what? Aerodynamics. And so today you can have a 10-story building flying in the air from one continent to the other. And that brings me to up to another thing. The only way to succeed in breaking the law is to ascribe to a higher law. And so the law of aerodynamics beat the law of gravity. But they are all laws. Principles. And so when it comes to wealth and money, there are also principles. If you woke up one day and just saw money, you are a founder that you were in money. Don't worry. You will also wake up one day and find out that it is gone. And I tell you this. If I pray for something for so long and it's not happening, I begin to question what I'm praying for. Some of us are just, we, we are just trusting and hoping that one day we will, just, we will sleep and then just wake up and just find money. You are like me when I was on campus. One day I was playing Monopoly with my, bro, my friend, Pastor Edosa Akioya. We lived, in this, we lived in the same room in the University of Benin and, and we were so broke there was no food. We were so hungry. But then, the, I don't know why, maybe classes have not said I don't know, but we're not going to class that period. So, we were just there, and so uh, we got this Monopoly, and we were playing Monopoly. And, and then, in that Monopoly game, you know you, you know, you win money, you sell houses, you do all those things. And so, so I, we, I got a lot of money. And then, and then we, after playing the game, we just slept off. And in the dream, I was telling myself, ah, when I wake up, I'm going to take my friend out, and we'll go and eat. But guess what was in my pocket? Monopoly money. <laughs> and so many of the things that we have that makes us think that we would have money and live in wealth are just wishes. But they are principles to making money. And guess what the thing about principles? Principles do not look at faces. Remember what he said. He said, God causes the rain to, sh to fall on both the righteous and the unrighteous. And the sun, both on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's how the principles of wealth are. So that's why, whether you are a church person or not, if you obey the principles, you will get it. Amen? So if you, if you ask the people who have won lottery, 
And last time we were on this series, I took out time to show you people who had, who had won. If, if you can check it on Google. People who have won major lotteries in their life. $20 million. And a lot of them still ended up back to poverty. Because they were certain principles of wealth that they had not mastered. So the money just came on them. Even this prodigal we are talking about. One of the reasons that he lost all his money was because he was not prepared for the money when it came. There was no maturity. There was no maturity. And let me show you something. I, I heard this from Pastor, my, uh, my mentor, Pastor Sam Adeyemi. He was talking about Jesus and Adam one time. He said, do you know, you know the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. So that means that Jesus came to replicate what Adam should have done. Am I right? He said the reason Adam did not succeed was because of immaturity. You know why? Adam was created a full-grown man. There was no time to learn certain things. And he made a mistake. So when the second Adam was coming, God said, no, 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 no. Let him start as what? (laughs) A baby. So the Bible says he learned obedience by what? The things he suffered. Maturity, experience. He learned. The other Adam didn't learn. And so he crashed all of us. But Jesus learned from small, small. Wash plates. Sweep the house. Wash your clothes. Principles. So when he faced the same thing the other Adam faced, he said, uh-uh, no. I know this principle. And so what makes you think that you will just sleep now and just wake up, brr, money? Even if you're a ritualist. Because, you know, the truth is that there are some of us, if you got the kind of money you are looking for now, you may likely not even survive till next week. Praise God. Okay, so we're talking about thoughts today. Because... In making money and keeping it, there are principles. And one of them is thoughts. Thoughts. The quality of your thoughts. Do you know today that everything you see, everything, even when you look at this room, the air conditioners, the televisions, this microphone, even the chairs where you are sitting on, everything you see today that you can touch and feel and exchange for money or whatever was once a thought in somebody's mind. Do you know that? If you went to the car park now and saw all the cars there, they were at some point a thought. This building was once a thought in somebody's mind. When we came in here the first time, I will show you the pictures one of these days. It was not what you are seeing now. But the moment we came in and with the designers and the architects, we had a, a vision that we would have this hall here. It wasn't, it wasn't what you were seeing. So if that is the case, that means that everything starts first as a thought. As an idea. You can call it a vision when there is a pictorial representation. But it goes to say without argument that thoughts are things. And the reason a lot of us are still in poverty despite what God's word says to us is because we have not learned how to value our thoughts. He said, as he thinketh in his heart, 
that is who he is so the thought pattern has the ability to attract to you the things that are necessary for its manifestation so what you think about consistently the post predominant thoughts in your heart eventually manifest themselves there are times i have been in a place and i'm like uh-uh, it looks like i've been here before has it happened to anybody because you have thought about it thoughts are things and the reason why a lot of us are backward a lot of countries are backward especially africa is because we have not learned to value thoughts and last time when we were looking at resources we realized that thoughts is a resource plan is a resource time is a resource relationship is a resource all these things are resources. The way you hear people from Niger Delta talk about the, the, the oil resources in their location is the way you should be bragging about the thought resources in your mind because you can convert thoughts to money. You can convert time to money. You can convert skill to money. You can convert relationships to money. So, instead of chasing the paper, you should chase the value and when you are able to recognize what value is then you will see why it is possible to see that there is nobody that is actually poor because poverty from what we'll see today is not the absence of money it's not the absence of cash you don't have money on you does not mean that you are poor don't forget the teaching is what think and grow rich so let us look at some of those negative mindsets that perpetuate poverty i saw a scripture in romans 7 talking about the law he said it brings me into the law of the mind brings me into captivity of the law of the mind that means that there is a law there is a principle at work it's called the law of the mind that what you think about consistently eventually it would pull itself to you that's why i said even god cannot help you if your thinking is wrong and he said to the man only believe only believe it's in your thinking if you think i can help you i will help you Okay, so let's look at some of those thought patterns that perpetuate poverty. You know, I decided to start with thoughts because you say you can't build something on nothing. So that's why I want to start on the thoughts before we move into other things. Okay, so, so what are those thought patterns that, that perpetuate poverty? Number one, and a lot of people think like this. I am poor because I don't have money. Now, let me tell you ahead of time. Some of you will struggle with some of the things you will hear during this series. But go back and look at it over and over in the word of God. So, some people think, I am poor because I don't have money. Because we have equated cash to money. But some time ago, I think two years back, we spent some time to talk about what real money is. 
And we saw that there was a time when people did not use money, paper, cash. It wasn't God that created money. It was man that created money. Before man created money, people were exchanging goods and services. By a practice they call trade by butter. So you came with something that I need and I gave you something that you need and we exchanged it. So they call it trade by butter. I want to sew a new cloth. I come to the tailor. I say, tailor, I am a farmer. I have cassava. I want a new shirt. So two of us will agree on the quantity of cassava that can be exchanged for the shirt. So I will give you my cassava and you will give me what? The shirt. But what if I came to the tailor and the last guy that came for a cloth gave him cassava and cassava is also what I have. The man always said, I already have cassava. I cannot take more cassava. So it became complicated. Now imagine if all of us today were going to Oshodi, we take a bus here and everybody had sacks and sacks of cassava to give to the bus conductor. How many cassava can a man carry? So it became complicated. And so they decided to then look for something that will represent value. Something that if you had it, it will equate to the quantity of cassava in your farm that can be exchanged. That's how money came about. So in some places they use cowrie shells. In some places they use gold coins. They use silver coins. Do you understand that? So that's how money kept evolving until eventually it came into cash. Praise the Lord. So when you hold, and we did that last time, we picked one of the original currencies, which was a British pound. We picked it and we saw what it, they wrote and they said, this is from the cashier general of England. He said, I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of what? 10 pounds. But the man who was holding this said he had 10 pounds. But what he was holding is a promise. So the paper is not the money. So the money is the value, the worth that is attached. So it was just a representation of value. So the guy who has no value to exchange cannot get money. So the man who does not have this paper but has value that is equivalent to it cannot be called a poor man. So if the fact that you don't have money on you now, you can even say, Pastor, you don't understand my situation. It's not even money or anything. I don't even know what I'm going to eat when we live here. It doesn't still make you poor. Because when you really look at yourself, you will see that there are a lot of values that you can change for money. And this thought is one of them. You can invest time to get a skill that you can use to give value and then qualify to receive money in return. You can, from experience, teach somebody something and then the person pays you for it. Relationships can be converted to cash. That's why in relationship, we tell you that relationship is what we call social capital. Even goodwill is capital. Goodwill is money. Praise God. So, 
do not equate cash to money all the time cash is not king cash is only a representation you know it's going to be a big fight for a lot of us because in our mind the way we are wired the man who is rich must have a lot of cash must have a big car it's not always so in fact if you look at us compare us to the most developed parts of the world you will see that they have learned how to value things that are not tangible there was a time we did an analysis of the 10 richest men in the world and we saw that nine of them has their wealth in intangible resources intangible ideas trademarks intellectual property that's for societies that have learned and understood that money real money is not cash so the first mindset you need to break down is the mindset of equating wealth to cash that the fact i don't have money means that i'm poor look at what the bible says in second corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become what? Rich. Now, let me compare this to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I want to show you something. He said, for he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How many of us are righteous? Most of us understand that. So we agree that we are righteous. What makes us righteous? Because Jesus did what? Paid the price for our righteousness. He took our place and took the punishment for our sin nature and gave us the gift of what? Righteousness. When did that happen? When he went to the cross and died for us and resurrected. How many times did he go to the cross to die for us? Once. The Bible said he himself took our sins upon himself and died the death on the tree. And he did it once. So, when Jesus paid for our sin to make us righteous did he have to go back to purchase our healing he did it once am i right same also the same time he paid for our sin to make us righteous is when he paid for our poverty to make us rich so if you understood the gift of righteousness and you accept it it's the same price that jesus paid for our richness our wealth so he says back in second corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 he said for you know the grace of our lord jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor that you through his poverty might be what rich so are we still poor after he paid the price but what he's doing is to open our eyes to what we have but the problem in our minds is that we are focused on performance so in mark chapter one we see jesus's experience in mark chapter one i think verse 11 jesus went in earlier verses jesus went to be baptized by john the baptist at the beginning of his ministry at that time he had not done any miracles at that time he had not healed anybody 
he just went to get baptized so that the anointing would come upon him and the bible said immediately he was baptized the anointing came upon him and there was a voice from heaven saying what this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased he has not worked a miracle he has not done anything do you understand what i'm talking about at the time god declared that jesus is my son in whom i'm well pleased jesus had not done anything and then the devil came to him later on in that same chapter and other books the bible says he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and guess what was the first temptation if thou be the son of god turn this stone to bread if you are rich show us your money and what did jesus say jesus said i do not need to perform a miracle for me to perform to show that i am the son of god he said he said what did he, what did he answer to the devil man shall not live by bread alone but by what every word that come out from the mouth of god and what word has come to him this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased so i don't need a performance to prove what god has said and the word of god has said to you that we have become rich by his sacrifice but you are waiting to count money in your pocket before you believe it compare that to what happened to adam god said let us make man in our own image after our likeness genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and then in chapter 3 when the devil came devil said ah ah how do you know that you are like god when you eat this fruit you will be like god they didn't look like god so they obeyed the devil they ate the fruit and what happened so if your mind is fixated on seeing it to believe it that's what perpetuates poverty because when a man thinks i am poor I have lack. I have scarcity. Because many times, we focus more on the things that we don't have. So that's the first thing you need to deal with. I don't need to see it to believe it. Jesus said to the man, if only thou will what? Believe. All things are possible to him that what? Believes. Don't fall into the deception of performance. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So, let's move on. So, that's the first thing you have to deal with. I am poor because I don't have money. Number two thing you need to deal with. And now, I'm talking about the thought patterns that perpetuate poverty. So the second one is, I need money to make money. Because this is a very big song everybody sings in this part of the world. You tell somebody, oh, why don't you start something? The first excuse they give to you is, I don't have capital. They call it capital. And it sounds legitimate. But guess what? The Bible says that we are like our father God, Abby. Let me ask you, when God in Genesis created the heavens and the earth and everything we see today, how much did he have? So, how much did he have? Who knows? There was no money. 
So if the absence of money equates to poverty, that means in Genesis, God was poor. Do you understand that? That means that God was poor in Genesis. But guess what God had in Genesis? Vision. Plans. Thoughts. Words. Oh, you think words don't matter? Ask married men and married women. (laughs) How powerful words are. So, the absence of money does not mean poverty. Neither does the presence of money depict wealth. Did we not see the prodigal? Hallelujah. So, it is a lie of the devil to say, because I don't have money, then I can't make money. There are many things you can convert to cash. And I've spent the last 10 minutes talking about them over and over and over. Unfortunately, in this part of the world, we have no respect for time. That's why we are where we are. Do you understand that? The people who have respect for time, then they invented the clock. What does the clock do? The clock helps them to measure time. If time was worthless, they would not have invented the clock to measure it. Who wants to measure worthlessness? But because we do not have respect for time, guess what we, what we, what we invented? African time. They tell you the program is starting at 8. You just tell yourself, African time. Let me be there at 10. And then you get there at 10. They have not even started. The next week you come at 11. And we all justify it. We are all comfortable with it. But we do not know that we are killing ourselves. You know, some people have a lot of time. They say, I'm just, I'm just killing time. I'm just killing time. You know, they just want to while away some time. What are you doing? I'm just killing time. I'm waiting for something. You see, when you kill time, you are not only committing murder, you are committing suicide. Because it's yourself. Because the one hour that goes now, today, once it is gone, it is gone. You see, time is the only thing that is not a renewable resource. Time. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you don't need money to make money. Truthfulness, integrity can be converted to money. It's a resource. So there are lots of businesses you can start without money. And I'm talking to you as a banker and a finance person. Ideas are a resource. You can convert ideas to money. What do you think consultants are paid for? Have you ever seen the balance sheet of a consulting company? You will hardly see fixed assets. Most of their assets are in what we call current assets. Current assets are assets that can be converted to cash within one calendar year. One cycle, 12 months. So what do consultants use to make money? If you look at the company of a, a consulting firm and you look at a manufacturing firm, why the manufacturing firm will pride itself on its machines, which are fixed asset machines and buildings. 
the consulting firm will pride itself on its intellectual property. He sits with you, tells you about your business, how to structure it, and he doesn't give you anything. He tells you all those things, and you do what? You pay him. So he converts his ideas, his experience, his training to cash. You don't need money to make money. What you need is what? An idea. When the Bible says, give and it shall be given, it says, and I will open in Malachi chapter 10, it says, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Some of us in, in thinking of that scripture, we've always imagined that money will be jumping from heaven. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if money falls from heaven, it will be counterfeit money. If you spend it, EFCC will catch you. And I have been a preacher for years. I have not heard anybody give a testimony of how money fell from heaven. So if that scripture was talking about money falling from heaven, then God is a fraud. The only people that are empowered to print money is central bank, not heaven. If heaven prints money, it is fake. You see, I told you there will be a shift in your mind. So when God says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you a blessing, he was talking about ideas. And ideas come and developed in thoughts. Think, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Every idea is a thought. Thought, thought. Just one idea can make you one. You know, when I learned this, I can't remember the last time I asked God for money. I don't ask God for money anymore. But when I'm praying about finances, all I'm asking God is for what? Ideas. Because I know that with an idea, I can be made. You, you, you don't even need to own a company. You come to somebody whose business is struggling and you say, I know what you can do to make this business blossom. And you have a way to test it. And he says, oh, okay. And then you agree on a contract. I will tell you what it is. I will run it for you for three months or six months. And you will pay me so, so, and so, amount, Or you give me a percentage of what you would earn. In fact, it's even easier that way. You say, I will tell you what to do for this business to start earning this amount, and you give me a percentage. He will agree now because he's not parting with money. So the moment you sign that, and then you know how to measure when the business is making those income, and you give him the ideas, and he's making the money, you, you don't even need to be a shareholder in the company. Your own will be entering your account. When they check for the staff of that company, they won't see you. But when they look at the people that they are paying every month, you'll be number one. Is your money in that company? No. But your ideas is what they are using to generate revenue. Or you say, ah, how do you think tax consultants make money? How do you think they make money? You are paying this amount on tax. Oh, okay. I know what you can do to be paying this less. And that less, they take a percentage of it. So somebody saves you 100 million in taxes and takes 20%. How much is that? What did he have? What did he sell to give to get 20 million? Ideas. 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 Skill. You can do something. Convert it to cash. There's a friend of mine, Steve Harris, who does a business focused on the business of your talent. <laughs> teaching people how their talent can become a revenue generating asset there's a lot to learn 
Amen. Amen. That's why I look at some of our guys that are multi-talented and I, I, just, I just, every time I look at them, I'm excited. I say, you are a millionaire. All these gifts that you have, all these talents. You can't, it is a capital offense for you to say you are poor when you have an idea or a scheme. You should be on FBI most wanted man list. But you are sitting down and saying you are poor. But you have time. Which you can convert to learning. You can convert to skill. That can be converted to money. You have time. Now, number three, wrong thinking pattern. Money is bad. Unfortunately, there are lots of us who believe that money is bad. Money is bad. We are looking at thought patterns that perpetuate poverty. Number one, I am poor because I do not have money. Number two, I need money to make money. Number three, money is bad. Some people even go to one level upwards. And they find a scripture to support it. And they say money is the root of all evil. And they were talking to First Timothy chapter 6 verse 10. Can you please put it on the screen for us? Let us see whether that's what the word of God says. He said, for the love of money is what? The root of all evil. Which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He never said money is the root of all evil. He says the love of it. When you value cash above ideas, above integrity, some people can sell anything for money. You send them on an errand, they will always inflate it. It's 10,000, they'll tell you it's 15,000. That is the love of money. In our society today, people kill for money. Now you can see why Africa is so backward. Because the biggest resource God placed on earth today is not the gold mines of South Africa. It's not the crude oil in Niger Delta. It is what? Human life. Without the human life, the gold is useless. The diamond is useless. It is the man that will put those things to use. So the man is God's most valuable resource. But when people do not know what resources are, they will kill man to look for money. There's some places in whether Tanzania or so in Africa where they kill abinos to make ritual. Some places they kill hunchback. You, you are looking at the hunchback and say, oh, ah, this guy is suffering. Or somebody else is looking at him and say, ah. <laughs> and of course, we all know how many people in our society today who are involved in ritual killing for money. That's because of the love. So money itself is not good. Money is not bad. Money is neutral. Money takes the character of the person holding it. Somebody gets 100,000. And the first idea that comes to his mind is to buy shoes for children going to school. Somebody else gets that 100,000. And he's thinking of the 
fastest place to go and buy cocaine and sniff it's the same money but money is doing good with this man and doing bad with the other man so money is neutral it takes the character of the person holding it some people think that money is bad and so that's a wrong mentality number four some people say i don't deserve to be rich maybe because of what they have gone through in life because of their foundation or experiences of the past they just disqualify themselves and they say i do not deserve it but let me show you a scripture that would help you in romans chapter 5 verse 8 romans chapter 5 verse 8 he said but god commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us did jesus die for us when did he die for us when we came to church well dressed and we have behaved well for one week when we were sinners when we were sinners when we were haters of god when we were enemies of god was when jesus died for us so we may not qualify for wealth but jesus qualified us so it doesn't matter where you were coming from it doesn't matter the mistakes of yesterday the moment you embrace the love of god you are qualified for everything good in life and guess what it is at god's biggest interest for you to be wealthy god is more interested in you being wealthy than even you are interested in it we did a teaching sometime i think two three years back we looked at the purpose of wealth who remembers that the purpose of wealth god uses wealth to show that he is good wealth is needed for the advancement of the gospel so it is god's interest for us to live in abundance he said the thief comes but to kill and to steal and to destroy but i have come that you may have life and have it where in abundance it's god's will it's god's will so don't let the devil trick you to think that it is not the will of god for you to prosper he said i wish above all things that that may yes prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers very important another one number five which we all fall into also says building wealth is difficult but every person who lives in physical manifestation of wealth will tell you that creating wealth is just a series of sowing and reaping investing and reaping sowing and reaping when you do that and you do the other things i will share with you in two weeks time on money wise you will find out that as long as your net cash flow is positive then you are accumulating wealth when what comes in is bigger than what goes out the difference is your net cash flow i'll be talking more about that on money wise in this series amen so building wealth is difficult it is not but what do you believe it's what you believe that you would get because as a man thinketh in his heart so he is number six all i need is just one lucky break and this has led to a big industry called the betting industry today one lucky break the religious people call it one breakthrough 
It's the same thing. It's lock. Just one lock. And that's a deception. And the people who knew how to take advantage of it created systems for those who are looking for lock. And the people who created the system are getting rich. The people who are looking for the lock are getting what? Poorer. And they keep believing it could just be one. And they will do adverts. They will do everything. They will tell you just this one may change your life forever. A man sweats for 30 days, earns an income and puts it in a bed and loses all in a day. But somebody else smiles to the bank. All I need to make money is just one lucky break. There's nothing like luck. Nothing like that. We talked about that last year, remember? I will close with this one. Having a lot of money attracts evil. And people who have this mindset are quick to point at rich people who are either struggling in their marriage or their children are sick or one bad thing happens or the other and they just assume to say, oh, having too much money or a lot of money attracts evil. And that's a wrong mindset. Because there are also poor people. In fact, poor people suffer more of those things. Haven't you noticed? Have you gone to a rich man's house and seen a crippled child? The people who usually give birth to crippled people are the people who are in that category of poverty. Because most times what causes polio and a couple of other things, which is a deficiency of vitamins or infection. <laughs> Praise God. The last one, only thieves are rich. You see why that's a problem? And you don't want to be seen as a thief. So, wealth will run away from you because you think every rich person is a thief. If you want to know how real this is in Lagos, don't you see how they hate you when you are driving your car and everybody's in Keke and Okada around you? Don't you see how they insult you? And some of us do it. We see the guy passing. At times, at times it happens to me too. Let me be frank with you. You know, you are in traffic and then everybody is trying to find their way and then these guys are coming with siren, with police and they are hitting everybody to you just look at them and say, thief. <laughs> because you are assuming that he got there because he's a thief. As long as you have that mindset, the money will be running away from you because you don't want to be seen as a thief. There are very great people, innocent people, making legitimate living. And so, friends of God, when you arrange your mind and deal with the thought patterns, then you know that you are on your way to wealth. If you are able to defeat the limiting mindsets, then you will realize that really you are blessed and you are not poor. Because God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All we need to do is to have the ideas to connect our spiritual wealth to the physical 
where it is useful for our everyday living. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that you will be inspired to believe the word of God. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the grace of God be multiplied in your life. I pray for you in the name of Jesus like the prodigal recovered so will you recover and begin to walk in the plenty that God has made available for you. I pray that you see yourself the way God sees you. That you are blessed. That you are rich. That you are prosperous. That you are empowered to do well. That you are healthy. And that it becomes a reality in your physical life. In Jesus name we pray. God bless you. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, visit our website, www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real, influence your world.